It was the year of fire. The year of destruction. The year we took back what was ours. It was the year of rebirth. The year of great sadness. The year of pain. And the year of joy. It was a new age. It was the end of history. It was the year everything changed. The year is 2261. The show, the name of the pod. Episode 78, Racing Mars, in which Marcus and Stephen travel to Mars to meet with the Resistance and find the enemy one step ahead of them. You're listening to The Name of the Pod, your Babylon 5 podcast where we talk about the enduring cultural legacy of the program Babylon 5. And I just ran out of steam on that one. I was going somewhere with it. I don't know what I... This is the second second time in a row I've gone to, to start an episode and I get like five words in and my brain just shuts down. Yeah. You we're, gotta have your script, Chris. I gotta have a script. I gotta write something right. down. You just gotta it's, have it in your head. I... Anyway, I'm Chris Tatro. I'm John Cassie. And we're here to talk about Babylon 5. We're here to talk about the ongoing cultural legacy of the 1990 science fiction television program Babylon 5, Chris. See, you do that without a cue card, and I have no idea how you manage that. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was, uh, but the school for which I'm uh, on the board of directors, uh, we just had our annual gala. Uh And I was making remarks to a friend of mine that when you... When you perform a role like like this that I mm-hmm. that I perform, where you have a kind of symbolic function, mm-hmm. you are very frequently called upon without being given any time to prepare. You you there mm-hmm. stand at the yeah. mic and welcome people. You there stand at the mic and talk about the history mm-hmm. of this or that or you know you there, and so y- you know I've been practicing for twenty years the two minute extemporaneous uh-huh. you know. Sh- sh- and so, yeah. you know, that's uh, there is a thing terrifying to us <laughs> when it is extemporaneously speaking in front of people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, one I, gets the, used the to problem it. Is I try to, yeah, I try to mix up the intro and, you know, not be as, you know, as as much the same each time. And that's where I always go off the rails. I need to just stay with. You got to have your set piece that's always the same. And then you practice the little yeah. bit of business you're going to do at the beginning. That's what I'm like. You know, co- coming to you live from the Ministry of Love on Centauri Prime. This is the name of the pod, the the mm. podcast in which we discuss the blah blah blah, right? Yeah. Oh, everyone likes meta podcast talk. This is Absolutely. great radio, super right? radio. I could hear yeah. people, you know, clicking off and delete in the first two minutes of this show. Correct. I can Much hear them like all across the world. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm inviting oh. haters. Okay. Bring Much hate. like. Much like viewers might have done to this episode of Babylon 5. Mm. <gasps> Did I say it? Friends, mm. you know, I'm not sure about this episode. It very much feels like yeah. season one and two kind of interstitial material. Now, I know they're going for something here, and there's some important plot points. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I think it groaned under the weight of having too many B plots. Yeah. Is my is my thought here. Yeah. That uh you know, we've got the A plot of Stephen and Marcus on their honeymoon. Yes. Uh, on Mars. Yes. Uh and we've got B plots of Sheridan Garibaldi, Sheridan Ivanova, Ivanova and Smugglers. 
uh, Sheridan and you know, Delenn. Sheridan and Delenn. And there's just so much going on in the periphery. Right. That that I feel like it it it, it took a lot of the time available for the A plot. But at the same time, I'm not sure what they could have expanded that into more. It already felt like, like it was, it didn't. It felt like it was. It was already kind of, kind of running aground, and they could have resolved it in in less time, even. Yeah, this was one of those A plus B plus B plus B equals kind of C minus, right? I think so. You know, a, as so. as written and as and as shown, that A plot was all its money. Right. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anything to expand based on the material we had. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, maybe a little bit more business with that keeper. Uh, maybe yeah. unpacking with other characters what it was like or what it has been like for Mars to be under embargo and blackout. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe you definitely give, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you give Marcus an opportunity for. A minute or two to sort of tell the story of the end of the war with with the other characters kind of pushing in. Oh well, we heard blah blah blah, and we heard blah blah blah, right? Mm-hmm. You know that that lets that lets the line. Well, for the first time in my life, I'm an actual war hero, and now no one knows it, right? right. To actually bring out that war hero stuff a little bit, right? Right. Because you know, Ma- Ma- Marcus is a nice raconteur. He tells a good story. Mm-hmm. Right, he's 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 agreeable when he's doing that kind of content. Well, let him do more of it. Right, right. But as it is, it's 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 the way it's written and the way that it's acted. Telegraph says B plot. So what you really have is B B B B B. Mm. And this is not a great show for B B B B. They don't. That's not. Yeah, that's not a structure that they usually land. Yeah, and I'm not sure they landed right. here. Right. No, no, and I like I said, I think they could have. Uh, yeah, they could have expanded. You know, give give the A more, take out the the part with Sheridan and Delenn and the ritual of exploring their bodies and and all of that. Right, which is just stuff. played for sort of. Yeah. Either gag, you know, it's like a gag, or it's or it's it's oogie. It's played I could for hear Ooginess. the last track when when he turns around and the room is full of, of of Mumbari or, or the the woohoo in yeah. the elevator. Yeah. Uh you know. Okay. I, you know. I trying to lighten the I, tone. I I, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. But uh, but it, it felt like they, there needed to be more meat on the a plot than than they were allowed to do. Yeah. You know, they 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 kind of it felt like it's kind of spinning their wheels with Captain Jack on the freighter, and the yeah, that did the whole, seem to take forever, didn't it? The whole Yoda sequence where they don't you know don't know that he's their contact and then he's their contact and right and then you know with the with the number two on Mars and you know do we trust them? We don't trust them. We're going to shoot them. You know that that seemed to go back and forth. Maybe it just felt to me like it. It felt like that went on for longer, but didn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, and I would have definitely liked to have more, uh, to, to learn more about number one, the leader of this resistance cell. Oh, absolutely. And and I know she's going to be back in more episodes down right. the line. Right, But I, it would have been good to get some more definition of who she is and know more about her. 
here. Right. I mean, that, that's that's where you open up this this episode. Mm. You give us four or five more minutes or three or four more minutes of material that directly relates to her mm-hmm. so that she is a bit more vibrant as a, you know, as a rebel yeah. leader. Yeah. Right. Honestly, when she walked in, I was like, oh, and who is this person? You know, it, it's not clear when it, when she walks in immediately that she is the she is number one, that she is the leader of the cell. Yeah. You're thinking she's just another member and then, oh, OK, I guess she's supposed to be. You know, it would have it would have been good to to build that up a little bit. More, yeah, I think. yeah. I, I I think I think that we both, yeah. you know, we both agree on that, right? Because look, we're we we finally are now here on Mars, and Mars has been at least as affected by mm-hmm. Earth's political decisions as as anywhere else in the in the Earth Alliance. Embargoed to the degree that they don't even realize the shadow war is 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 a thing and over. Yeah, that it even and, that that it even was a thing, yeah. right? And and that it was a that it was a uh, a period of existential threat to the entire human race, and they they don't know anything. I right? can I mean that's a proper that, embargo, right? Yeah, I certainly see that that. You know, EarthGov wouldn't want that stories about that getting out. They they certainly don't want Babylon Five looking like the good guys. Yeah, for sure. It it helps to it helps to explain why Earth is still, or I mean, we don't know what the general population of Earth believes, but why they still are against the station. Yes, you know, they just don't know that all of this stuff has happened. Right. Right. Very tight lid. Yeah, and and that level of information quarantine suggests that the rest is 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 also pretty tight. You know, in other words, the Definitely. economic and the political, etc. Right? That yeah. this this resistance cell, in order to meet its leader, has a fairly draconian process. You know, in in place, and it appears to need it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's that level of information control. Yep. And it sounds like there's, there are definite attempts, you know, uh, counterintelligence attempts to infiltrate this and probably other cells. Uh, they know that they're really, that they're really on the edge Yep. and that they, they one slip up and they're all just dead. Right. Uh, it's it's not surprising. It says a lot about how things are being run back home. Right. And and this sort of goes, you know, in part to one of the things that I found a little bizarre or, I don't know, maybe I miss, maybe I don't get it. But, so, Mars is under both an information blackout and an economic embargo. Mm-hmm. Why is it all of a sudden a thing on Babylon 5? You and I talked about this last season, about how the moment Babylon 5 declared independence, there should have been lots of material in the program about all of a sudden 
you know, manpower shortages and parts shortages yeah. and, you know, where are they getting the paper and where are they getting the water recycling equipment and all this kind of stuff. It's not like Babylon 5 declared independence and the Earth Alliance just kept trading with it. Right. Well, so that's I mean, that I, baffled me. So what what tell me help me out. I don't think I don't think the Earth Alliance the, the government certainly stopped supplying them. You know, so okay. this being a government station, they were probably receiving a lot of their a lot of their resources, a lot of their official kinds of funding and supplying through through official channels, but I I think it was only a couple of episodes ago uh, that the actual embargo, the actual blockade of the station went into place. I, uh-huh. I, I seem to recall that was that was the whole thing around with uh, Bester, and you know when he was that there there was a setup to to make a false flag to make it look like the station had blown up a ship, you know, at one of these checkpoints, and that that Clark had just started this actual lockdown because. The war was done. He was scared about what you know Babylon Five's new place in the in the pecking order. So so yeah, I think I think the actual kind of private uh, private industry embargo is new. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That that now makes some sense to me, right? That commerce had I, been. I don't know about Mars. Yeah. Uh you know the fact that commerce had been shut off. Is one thing, but now mm-hmm. Earth is applying a proper blockade mm-hmm. against all shipping to Babylon 5, whether it originates with the Earth Alliance or on Earth or not. Right. And that's what yeah. now is becoming a real problem, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it was, it was they had just cut off the official, official support of the station when, when there was the independence. Um, but, but you know, private carriers, private shippers were still able to sort of come and go grudgingly right. until, until much more recently. Yeah. Yeah. So now that all makes sense to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you for, for clarifying that, you know, they would have had a lot of troubles and, and we, we were wondering why we weren't seeing those kinds of troubles early on. That, but I, right. I, that's sort yeah. of my point, right. That, mm-hmm. yeah. or that was, that was my point, right. Mm-hmm. That, that, uh, that this station should be literally falling apart. Mm-hmm. Well, now that all channels of commerce <laughs> are closed, it is, it is falling apart. Falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the, you know, the fact that I, that I missed perhaps a detail that was there or, or it wasn't actually there, you know, is a, you know, is a, is a separate issue, you know, entirely possible. I'm just fabricating things out of. No, no, no. I think you're totally right. Um, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree to say that unless I really had no other choice. You've said it two or three times in the 25 years we've known each other. Yeah. All under duress. Clearly. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Um, sorry, 30. Uh, anyway. Yeah. 30. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So, yeah. Uh, so Ivanova's solution to that situation, I think is, is handled well. Indeed. Bringing in the smugglers. Right. And, and the offer that she gives them is certainly worth consideration. 
Oh, yeah, I, yes. Re- maintaining and repairing their ships, that's that's going to be a huge expense. Right, refueling them. Yeah. Right. Paying a premium for for stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying to... She's she's basically buying them out so I mean, that precisely. they they don't trade in in you know, dust. They don't trade in weapons, right? Uh, but you know, kind of buy out all of their contracts and and give them a better deal than what they're going to get, right? Through you know, through underground channels. Uh, you know, there's the risk that are, you know they point out the risk of what happens if if Earth catches them. Yeah, I would have to assume that. Especially as she goes through the rap sheet on everybody, that they're, they're already they're already right pretty screwed if Earth catches them. Yeah, that's right. That's but, right. Uh, uh, this is this is this is a, a bridge too far for some of them. But uh, but it seems. I mean, it's it. I I don't know how how that would work on the balance sheet. The the amount of expenditure to fuel and maintain and repair right. these ships. Right. Um, I do like that she's, you know, willing to throw in that. Well, you know, we never have accidents. Well, I've got a, you know, fifty million gigawatt turbo laser that's going to, maybe, maybe you will have an accident. Right. So she's not above a little bit of, a uh, little bit of strong arming, uh, Sopranos kind of tactics here. Right. Right. And you know, c- clearly, clearly, if if Ivanova is feeling her oats this episode, right, when she yeah. sent Sheridan off without so much as a buy your leave. You know, I, 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 I won the moment, uh, the moment I walked in, you know, you yeah. were, you, you were, you were on, you were on leave the moment I arrived. <laughs> right. Yeah. And who taught you to negotiate like that? You, you did. did. <laughs> yes. Cause he's the one who's, who's been right. Handing off all the diplomatic right. stuff to her. Right. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's well-deserved. And there's and your I book wish... now buy it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I wish that Sheridan had spent his time a little more productively or more relaxingly. Uh, yeah, th- th- this has to probably go down in history as one of the least relaxing, <laughs> you know, mandatory captain's holidays of all time, right? Yeah. Um, two two uh, uh, slanging matches with a former, uh, you know, with a former person to whom you could... You would have trusted your life. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's a that's a friendship collapse of the highest order. Yeah. Right. I mean. Yeah. You know. I. I feel bad I, when my when my cat gives me the cold shoulder. You know, <laughs> and you know both in you know in both occasion in both occasions Sheridan is the one making the overture that goes. You know that goes catastrophically wrong. Now, of course, in the first yeah. time, it's not so much an overture as it is a, you know, hey, Jackwad, what gives? Right, right, deservedly so, and deservedly so. Yeah, because Garibaldi is behaving. Yeah, you know, in a way that I think a reasonable person would say, "What gives?" Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, especially in that second encounter. In, right. It, it felt it felt forced to me. For sure. Garibaldi's side felt forced. And I can't tell if it's just that it's part of the script and the direction of the plot that they have to be at odds or that it's, you know, again, we come back to this issue is is something or someone controlling 
Garibaldi as he Manchurian candidated right here right. in some way, which would you know it's it's like he's just determined to have a fight, right. and that woman coming in and sort of you know oh the great and mighty Sheridan uh, certainly doesn't help things any. So even if if Garibaldi isn't being directly controlled, you know was was she a plant? Right, you know, sent in by this group that's you know they I have in my notes here they look like if Kaja Gugu in the cast of Greece had a child <laughs> um, so um, yeah the indefensible hair uh, but they seem to be you know it's not clear what their alliance is directly right or what they're what who they're serving that's right that's right and what level of resources do they have to bring to bear? Right. And, and, you know, there's a way in which this show is directed where when you're supposed to read someone as sinister mm-hmm. or up to no good, TM, yeah. right? Um, they're shot the way that, that Garibaldi's, <laughs> you know, flunkies were. His, his, cor- his Kaja Gugu chorus? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the Kaja chorus, right? Um but again, having said that, there's no evidence that Garibaldi's assessment of Sheridan, that he's given into the cult of personality. Well, there's a lot of evidence for that. True. Right? Particularly yeah. early on. Right. And if, if the army of light should should function or exist outside of uh, outside of Sheridan in some way, then then a reasonable person might conclude that this is that this is bad. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't excuse Garibaldi's behavior, which is totally unacceptable. Right. But but you know, yeah. I mean, he, they they haven't gone so far as to as to have him making completely completely indefensible accusations or to be, you know, raving like a complete nut. Right. You know, he's not he's not saying that Sheridan is mind controlling everyone with his powers from beyond the dead. Right. Uh, or that he's you know something like that. But he's, you know, it's it's just in the way that it's presented. It's 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 presented in the way of someone who has already come to a conclusion of how this conversation is going to go. Correct. And, uh, and, and getting there is just a formality. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. And, and I'm going to go back to a point that I made a few episodes ago, which is the more you want me to believe that Garibaldi (laughs) is, is the nefarious bad guy in the absence of some kind of, actual evidence rather than just smoke and mirrors, which is still all we have. Yeah. I'm not going to buy it. I know I'm being right. obstreperous. I, that's fine. Right. Yeah. Um, well, we've seen shows pull double crosses on us greater than this one. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a <laughs> rabbit out of my hat. Yeah. Again. Um, so, can we go back for just a moment to the economic stuff? Please, okay. always. So, wh- 
where is Babylon 5 getting any hard currency to buy any of these things? Uh, yeah, they don't really produce anything that can be sold, um, you know, to, to, to generate any kind of credit or currency. Right. I, I mean, are they, are they floating on credit from, are they in massive debt to the, to the Centauri? That would be the most likely. Or the Mimbari. Uh, or, or the Mimbari would built be. built the station. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, are the Mimbari underwriting the budget? We haven't been told that. Right. The the operating budget of a station like that has to be just just phenomenal. I I'd have And it's been about a year now that they've been independent. Right. I don't know. So it's, somebody's got to be floating massive expenses of this place. Right, because the Earth Alliance budget was a a matter of something we came back to four or five times. Right. You know, in right. seasons 1 and 2. And we've never been explicitly told that the Mimbari are are underwriting it, yeah. and there's no reason yeah. to believe that the station would be able to sustain itself as an independent entity. No, they've mentioned docking fees, but that's about it. And and there's no way it wouldn't be worth it if they were floating the entire thing on docking fees. It wouldn't be worth it for a for a captain to, to no, dock there. No, they this wouldn't is be no able way. to make. No, it'd be like trying to run the government of the United States in 2019 on excise taxes. Hmm. Right well, or New Hampshire does it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, maybe, maybe they have maybe they have a GoFundMe. Maybe uh, the entire right. station is crowdsourced funding. <laughs> you know, this is the future after all. Yeah. yeah. Next month yeah. on Babylon Five, won't you underwrite our budget? Yeah. Thank you, Indiegogo. Yeah, Babylon Five tote bag. That's right. Yeah, we need how much do we need? Seven hundred forty-eight quintillion dollars. Right. Yeah. <laughs> after the hyperinflation of mm-hmm. of two thousand twenty-six, you know. Um, right. Yeah, it just it struck me as uh, hmm. as a little off. But then, but then, you know, I I kind of missed the whole idea that well, no, you you could have had dozens of transport ships bringing stuff from from Earth Alliance marketplaces yeah. until Earth blockaded the station. Yeah, right. I, I mean, so other than what do I docking know? fees, rents. From the people who are living there, right? Which they're clearly not gathering from, you know, from the the, the down below, right? You know, uh, but and there's got to be, you know, I wonder if the operating budget was even before independence was w- their contributions from all of the the nations that were, you know, kind of like the United Nations, how everybody, right. you know, kind of even though it's on U.S. soil, it, you know, the U.S. doesn't pay for it completely everybody kind of pitches in right um maybe the other all the others are still but that's still a huge gap in the budget to fill yeah i don't know yeah mm. and you know without without hard money mm. ivano is not going to be able to make a deal right well we'll we'll sure. give you uh you know script or uh, you know or something else i mean yeah. the, you know the deal that ivanova made is going to run that station through its currency mm. reserves you know, this is what causes economic collapse right now in countries that run out of real money. Um, so, I mean, the yeah. you know, Clark's, Clark's team understands how to break Babylon 5. You break it economically. Mm-hmm. So we don't, need to, we don't need to do anything. You know, your, your, your central docking uh, support 
superstructure without being constantly maintained is going to drop the whole forward ball of that station onto Epsilon 3 in about eight months because you're not going to have any parts. So we'll just wait. Right. Right? Mm. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where yeah. my head was. Um, interesting. Uh, inter- it'll be interesting to see if they if they address this down the line. But again, this is the kind of level of detail that I think JMS probably wasn't concerning himself with. Yeah, and that... In the writing of the show. Yeah, and that, you know, let's... We we all know that this is what you and I care about. Right. Right, and that, yeah. you know, some listeners do and others, you know, find that level of granularity to be not really to their taste yeah. anyway, so... Yeah, yeah, we we want... We want a subscription to The Economist as it's produced in-universe. Yeah, <laughs> correct. You know, correct. For any number of, of genre or fantasy universes. That's right. Yeah, I, I, I want the chart on the back page that shows the, uh, uh, you know, Babylon, Babylon 5's reported money supply along mm-hmm. both M1, M2, and M3, you know, lines. It's, it's trade deficit, you know, yes. the... Uh, the Babylonio trades against the, you know, uh, against the Eartho, uh, mm-hmm. you know, at, at what rate and why is it declining? And the, yeah. 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 I mean, that kind of stuff. I, I mean, I always eat that up. Absolutely. Right? Um, yep. Whereas most people don't. So, yes. No. I, I want to go back to, to something we mentioned very briefly that's not troubling me, but, but I don't know what the right word is. But anyway, it's the, it's the keeper on Captain Jack. Right. And the question right. in my mind is, you know, how did they know to, how did they know to, to, to take him? Right. Did, was it, was it just being done to infiltrate the, the, the Mars resistance or was it done specifically because someone knew that, that Marcus and Steven were coming in and they, and they, they, they got the contact. Right. Uh, um, that that if it's if if that's targeted against Marcus and Stephen, then that is alarming, concerning, because how would they know? I mean, no, supposedly nobody knew where they were going or what they were doing, other than Sheridan and Ivanova. Right. You can't even pin that one on Garibaldi leaking information out. Right. Uh, you know, it it sort of feels like one of these kind of dumb luck happenstance kind of things to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. There isn't enough. They just happen to have an agent there to intercept yeah, them. Yeah, or, or they have a lot of keepers on a lot of agents. Yeah. Right? One of the ways in which information and what have you was locked down, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, at least that's how, uh, that's how I read it. Mm-hmm. That... Um, that you know he he has to have it because perhaps this number one is a very prominent number one. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe this cell is particularly powerful, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and they just happen to get Marcus and Stephen. Yeah. In the in the in the dragnet, they they get mm-hmm. caught up in the in the in the operation. Right. Yeah. Well, either way, those things are being spread more liberally throughout the galaxy than than anybody suspects right right um which is it you know which is sort of horrifying in its own way right yeah 
Um, but then it won't be until we get, until they get back to the station and, and Stephen and Sheridan compare notes. Correct. That, because he's the only one who's seen one of these before. Correct. In the future. Correct. Um, yeah. So, Mm. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, this is great radio. I'm making this sort of (laughs) like, uh, the scales of justice kind of hand gesture. I think everyone knew. Yeah. They've suffered through 78, 79 episodes of, of us of so my far. Hand they gestures. know when we're, when we're making hand <laughs> gestures and, and facial expressions. Yeah, this is known. Um, yes. Uh, you want to talk for two minutes about the... Oh, we're on a honeymoon. I, Yeah. Um, or do you want to just leave it? No, no. We get, it, it's, it's an elephant in the room. we got to kind of address it. Right. I... You know, I found it troubling um, in how it was presented and put forward. I got to remember that 97 was a very different time. Right. And that, uh, you know, that it's it's kind of played off much like the the Sheridan and Delenn thing. It's it's very sitcom-y. You know, you can practically hear the laugh track when he hands over the, the identification. Right. Or when, when number one says, and for some reason you're in the honeymoon suite. Uh yeah, har har so, har. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It just it just sat wrong to me. Yeah. Now that's interesting because you know, and uh, you know, l- listeners, I've referenced my partner John, you know, a hundred times. So you know, I'm uh, I'm 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 a G in the LGBT, you know, in the in the the alphabet. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, I read the fact that. Marcus could present and did present that, yes, we are going on our honeymoon as just mm-hmm. a thing. Be, yeah. Being on, on TV in 1997, it's just a thing. As, mm-hmm. like, I didn't remember it. And, mm-hmm. you know. He's still playing it up a little bit. You know, for for comedic, you know, like oh well, and mother and blah blah blah, and you know, the, you know like the the a kind of naggy spouse kind of thing. But but I can I can see what you're I can see where you're where you're getting at with that. He does he does kind of play it off as as it's not a thing where you know Stephen looks uncomfortable with the whole situation. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that 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 sort of goes to the point, right? But mm-hmm. but the fact that that even though he's he's playing around with it, mm-hmm. that Marcus is playing around with it to sort of wind up Franklin more than he is mm-hmm. to uh, to sort of That's wig sweet. to the audience, uh-huh. you know. Hmm. You know, hey, ooh, the, you know, this is weird or whatever. You know, I I mm-hmm. I was. You know, I was struck by that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. As, you know, another example of this program being um, being a little bit more bold and a little bit more on point with the social questions of the day than its competitor program over, you know, on the other side of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Mm-hmm. My perspective, was at least. It, was it the same season? I wonder if it's around the same time 
that in the competitor program we have that episode where Dax uh, meets up with the the trill that she was married to like four lives ago. Yeah. I wonder if that's around the same time. Yeah. I um, hmm. I just saw it recently, which is the only reason that I have any memory of it whatsoever. But uh, yeah. Cold place. But yeah, no, it's it, but it's it's still good to see here, and you know, it's a it's it's an issue that that JMS has has put his stake in the ground on, you know, going back to Talia and and Ivanova, and certainly going forward with Sense Eight, um, it's it's an issue that's you know, it's one of his it's one of his core issues. Right. That uh, um, that's how he's gonna that's how he's gonna make his world. Right. The uh, that DS Nine episode you're talking about was from 1995. Oh, okay. So it's a, it's a little earlier than, a little earlier. than this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but okay. also handled pretty, you know, pretty poorly. Mm-hmm. At, at, at least at least to me. Yeah. Right. You know, as a, uh, uh, you know, as a, as a member of the LGBT mm-hmm. community, it would have been nice to, to see these shows that, uh, you know that that attracted so much of my time and attention to mm-hmm. to be a little bit more inclusive, Fair. right? Mm-hmm. But that was that was then. You yeah. know, we certainly uh, well, no, we're not going to go down that road. Um, <laughs> so, wh- have we missed anything? I, go. I've got one last little bit. Go. And this is just—I don't know. This this may be. This is me with the with the map and the red string on it, making connections and everything here. <laughs> okay, but go. but you know, number two, the 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 go. one who gives them the trouble in the in the Mars Resistance group, um, Martian with a thick Texas accent, right? And I'm sitting here wondering if James S. A. Corey, those two fellows, maybe got some of their inspiration for their Martians who in the expanse sport a thick texas accent huh. from from this piece here interesting because it kind of you know I'm, I'm watching it and i'm thinking and i caught myself thinking this guy's from this guy's from mars why is he talking with such a thick and then i'm like oh i've heard that before right so right. I, I wonder if there's a i wonder if there's a connection there at all um it's 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 a like i said very thin connection if there is one at all and this guy would have probably have to appear in more than just this one episode yeah I, um, I that's a neat that's a neat point i uh, i i hadn't given it any uh i hadn't mm. given it any thought mm. but it would it would make a kind of sense wouldn't it i i certainly suspect that they were fans of this show yeah. back in the day yeah oh they have to have been right yeah um i mean that's just the that's just the nature of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, neat. Something to wonder about. If I, if we, when we meet them, you know, James S. A. Corey. Some, yes, we will. Uh, we'll ask if how much of a if Babylon Five provided any influence in anything, particularly in their Mars yeah. piece. You know, sort of see. Yeah, I'm. I'm bet. I'm betting no, uh, but you know, hey. It's my, it's my uh, map with the red string. I can I can connect them where I totally. want. Totally, well, yeah. and and you know they are roughly our age. Yeah. And Expanse came from a role playing game. Right. Right. So, 
they're they're hitting all the notes. Yeah, you know? yeah. We we probably were hanging out and bowling with them, and then uh, then going to TJ's afterwards to have six or seven plates full of uh, grandma's special. Yeah, silver dollar pancakes, yeah. please. Silver. Yeah. How yeah. many? How much? All, how much pancake yeah. mix do you have in the back? Uh, just I'm concerned that you. I'm concerned that you heard me say I want a lot of bacon and eggs. What I really <laughs> said was I want all the bacon and all the eggs. <laughs> yeah, just keep cooking it. Yep, we will eat it. Yes, and then head off to uh, Jolly Pirate for a for a dozen Boston cream donuts just to fill yeah. off the top. Even yep. thinking about it now, I want to hurl. Exactly. Well, we're we're and we're straying fully into personal nostalgia territory where there may be one or two maybe people who uh who have who are listening who, who share yes. these, so, these so memories let's, with us let's, so let's it's time to wrap it. yes yeah uh friends thanks so much for listening you know where to find us the name of the pod in any old search engine join us on our facebook group and we uh we oh i see max in the video um do we hear max 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 say something he's deaf he can't hear you plus he's not wearing headphones Max has nothing to say. He loved no. this episode. Um, Apparently he did. Yeah, quite. Um, yeah. And we'll be back uh, next week uh, for another installment of The Name of the Pod. Thanks so much for listening, folks. Bye. Say goodbye, Chris. So, goodbye, Chris. The one time I want this cat to say something, and he just, he's silent. Ugh.